Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. It is a big day here on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. In a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by uh, former Blackhawk and NHL legend Bernie Nichols. He's uh, scheduled to join us here soon. And a little bit of a surprise at practice today. Seth Jones appears to be back to be back for the Chicago Blackhawks. So we're going to get into that, too. We're going to hear from uh, Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson on that topic. Uh, and as we wait for uh, Bernie to get settled in here, we can we can chat a little bit about what, what uh, Luke had to say. Seth said, I'm playing. And Luke said, we'll see how it looks tomorrow and in the <laughs> c- coming days. But it seems like uh, Seth Jones will be, will be uh, on the blue line very soon. Yeah, I mean, he went from basically uh, – jumping into practice for the first time to being, you know, working in power play drills, working in, in uh, every drill, seemed like a full participant. And he said after, uh, after practice that, you know, he's, he's, he wants to play. They're playing in Dallas, which is where he's from. I'm sure he wants to play with family in town. And um, he's going to need a splint on his thumb, yeah. which will be interesting to, uh, to, to, I can't imagine uh, playing hockey with a immovable thumb is a lot of fun, but uh, that seems like that's what's going to happen for him to get in the lineup. Yeah, all right, we're going to get to that in a little while. But uh, Bernie Nichols is with us now, uh, joining us from his car. Bernie, thanks for taking some time out. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my pleasure, guys. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, congrats on the new book. It's out uh, via Triumph Books. Uh, forward by somebody named Wayne something or other. I don't remember what his name was, but uh, that's right. <laughs> really cool to have you on, Bernie. Uh, I grew up watching you in my formative years as a hockey fan, so it's really cool for me to to chat with you. And these guys are a bit younger than me, uh, not too much, but a little bit. Younger than yeah, you. that's right. Your, um, your producer remembers him very well. But just yeah. reading your chapter on the Hawks, and to me, that was the coolest era of the Blackhawks with guys like you and Chelios and Roenick and Belfour. Uh, you shared so many great stories in the book. Um, but uh, it seems like you and Chelios really had a great rapport together. What was it like to play with Chelios? Yeah, you know what? Uh, obviously, I played with Gretzky, and I, I don't know, couldn't imagine what it would be like to play with Wayne for four or five years, right? But I've always said if I could play with one player my entire career, it was Chris Chelios. And I truly mean that. Uh, when I went to Chicago, we never worked out before. And, you know, Chris had us in the sauna doing push-ups and sit-ups every day, uh, working. No one worked harder than, than Chris did. And uh, I just wish I had got him a little uh, when I was a little younger in my career, and I probably would have worked a little bit harder. What's funny, we had Marion Hosa on the show on Thursday, and his book uh, just came out too. And, and he mentioned when he was in Detroit, Chelios used to bring – the exercise bike into the sauna with him to, to work out. And this is when Chris is in his forties and Hosa said he tried to do it once and almost passed out. Uh, I never knew that Chelios was such a uh, fitness warrior. And I wonder how much of it had to do with uh, sweating out the night before, if you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, this is Chris to a T and this should be every professional athlete. And I actually tore, told drew dowdy this uh when i worked with the kings in in 2012 uh one thing about chris chris went hard off the ice but when he did he was the first player at the rank the hardest working player at the rank and the last player at the rank so 
if you want to play off the ice, then you got to uh, work hard on the ice. And that's what Chris did. And I tried to teach that to Drew. He was a young kid that obviously liked to go out a little bit and have some fun. So I think it all worked out uh, well for him too. You talked about uh, in, in your book, uh, when you came here to Chicago, you got to play for Daryl Sutter. It was his first coaching uh, run as well. Um, and you share some stories that, you know, he could kind of be a little uh, difficult to play for at times. <laughs> uh, very charming head coach. Uh, are you kind of surprised that he's still being a very successful coach today, considering how, how the game's kind of played and he's kind of an old school mentality, but he's still still picking up wins? Yeah, uh, not surprised one bit. Um, Daryl, he's he's kind of uh, with the time. He's not as much as you think an old school coach anymore. And and one thing about Daryl is there's not a more prepared team, absolutely not a more prepared coach than Daryl. Uh, he he has his team prepared to go every night, and that has never changed. There's not a harder working team in the league than the Calgary Flames will be or whoever Daryl is coaching. And I've always had the utmost respect for Daryl. He's, he, he's a, an old school guy back in the day, but uh, he's, he's moved on like uh, with the times with going forward. So uh, Daryl was, uh, and still is a great coach. I had him twice, actually. I had him in Chicago and then in San Jose. And then I got a chance to work with him in, in LA and, he has his team prepared. He's a lot of fun to be around when you're winning, when you're losing. Uh, it can be tough. Yeah, you know, you were one of the you were I think you were the first Blackhawk to sign a contract over a million dollars. And back in those days, getting that kind of money from Bill Wirtz was uh <laughs> was pretty much unheard of. What was it like when you when you jumped in uh, in Chicago? Because I'm sure, you know, back then you would hear the stories about uh, Bill Wirtz and his frugality, if you want to call it that, and and how the organization ran. What was your impression of the Hawks uh, before you joined and then afterwards? Well, you know what? Uh, being an original six team, the Hawks have always been one of the class organizations in the league. Um, my favorite place ever to play was the old stadium. That was, And I never got to play there as a Hawk. We opened up the United Center when I was there, but to me, to this day, the old stadium was by far the most electric arena in the league with the best fans. The Chicago fans understand the game. They support their team. They're loyal. And my time in Chicago was nothing but top-notch. It was awesome. Mr. Warts treated me great, uh, and I, I love my time there. You got to play for this is kind of a general question. You got to play for a lot of great teams. You have to wear a lot of really cool sweaters during your career. You know, the Hawks sweater is always regarded as one of the top, but you got to got to wear those awesome purple and gold king sweaters, the old school Oilers, the Rangers classic look, even the teal shark. What was your favorite sweater as far as look-wise? What, what which one was your favorite to wear? Well, People are going to think I'm, I'm going to say this because who I'm talking to, but there's not a better jersey in the league in any sport than the Blackhawks. I wish I was there when they did the black ones. Uh, I love the new black ones, but uh, the Blackhawks by far have the best. Uh, 
emblem ever. Well, we did a poll uh, earlier this year. We, we came up with a graphic here at CHGO Sports of the best player in Chicago to wear each number. So, you know, one through 99, we went through who is the best player to wear each number. And you, Bernie, were the winner uh, of number 92. So you have the the nice record. You can put this on your resume. The best number 92 in the history of Chicago sports. Beating out the likes of Barry Minter and Alex slash Michael Nylander. Those are the two that come to mind otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, what's funny is, obviously, I always wore number nine. And and uh, because of Bobby headed in on the roof, um, I, I, I told him that. And he said, if I'd asked him to wear it, he wouldn't let me wear it. You know, but if I had of, then I wouldn't be on this list. So maybe I'm glad I stuck with 92. <laughs> yeah, it all it all paid out uh, in the end. Um, you know, Bernie, when when you started your career, uh, you came into uh, an LA Kings team that was, you know, not necessarily the the, the Kings that we know in, in today's modern world. But then, uh, 1988, uh, someone comes into the into the LA Kings <laughs> locker room that really changes everything. What was it like being a, a member of the Kings in that that early to mid '80s time, and then uh, when when uh, when Wayne Gretzky uh, was joining the team? What did that do for for hockey in LA at that time? Yeah, obviously uh, that put the LA hockey uh, on the map. You know, uh, having arguably the greatest player in the game to to come to your your organization, it, it was awesome. You know, it was the place to be. Uh, as much as it had the uh, Lakers of the 80s that were awesome, um, the Dodgers. When Gretz came there, it was the place to be. We had celebrities there, uh, a lot of Hollywood actors, um, athletes came. They just, just wanted to be, uh, you know, it was just the place they wanted to be. And it all uh, happened because of the great one. Let me ask you this. We, we, I, we've talked to, to Blackhawks players who have said, that sometimes playing with Patrick Kane can be a bit of a challenge because he thinks the game at such a high level that your instincts almost don't have you prepared to play with him. Did you find it, you know, at times, I, I know you went from, you know, 33, uh, 32 goals to 70 when Wayne Gretzky arrived, so it didn't seem like that big of a challenge for you, but when you're playing with a guy who thinks the game at such a high level with that much skill, can it be a bit of a challenge to be ready uh, at all times for that puck to end up on your stick? No, uh, you learn real fast that uh, you can be surrounded by four guys and the puck will get on your stick. So you're prepared for that. And you're also prepared that if Gretz and you are going down, chances are good you're getting the puck. So for me, it was easy. Uh, great players, in my opinion, are easy to play with. Just get open, you'll get the puck. So... Uh, I understand what the guys are saying. Sometimes I think some people maybe that don't think the game quite the same or, uh, they get the puck and right away. They, they look for Patrick or they look for Gratz. Well, that's not necessarily what they want, but, uh, for me, it, it was not an easy transition for sure. You also got to play when you hear in Chicago, one of my all time favorite players, uh, in Ed Belfour. And that's another character to say the least but what, what was it like to be a teammate of eddie you know during the heyday you know of his popularity here in chicago and of his career yeah uh absolutely one of my favorite 
goalies ever was the Eagle. And I just loved playing with them. There was no more, no one more intense than, than Eddie was no more, no one more prepared. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the one series we, we ended up losing to Detroit and they won the cup and they beat us four games to one. They should have beat us by 10 goals every night. Uh, the only reason we were even in the game was because of Eddie and, uh, Man, he played well. I was really happy when he finally won this cup because of anybody, he deserves it. And uh, just an unbelievable goalie. Well, speaking of deserving things, uh, looking at your numbers here, you have uh, 1,209 points in 1,127 games. We're looking at your player comps. Several of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Do you feel like you deserve to be there? I, 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 I'm, try, I'm failing to find an argument, uh, Bernie, to keep you out of the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, if you, um, I guess if I played in Toronto my entire career, uh, <laughs> I would be like, and, and everybody that I'm going to say right now deserves to be there. Okay. Don't, don't think for one minute. I don't think they deserve to be there. If I played in Toronto and Daryl Sittler played in LA, would Daryl Sittler be in the hall of fame? Because I got better stats than Daryl. We're, we're right across the board. We're pretty much identical but he played in Toronto. So these Sandine twins that just went in this year and, and Albertson, both the Sandines have like 1,100 points in 1,200 games. I got 1,200 points in 1,100 games. Um, you know, they played in the Olympics or Canada Cup. Well, for me, who do I have in front of me as centerman for Canada? I got a guy named Gretzky, Lemieux, um, C.V. Eiserman, Dale Howarchuk, Paul Coffey, Brent Stutter, uh, Denny Stafford, um, Brian Trotche, all of them in the Hall of Fame. How the hell am I supposed to play for Team Canada or the Olympics at center when there's 10 Hall of Fame centermen uh, from Canada, you know? So, um, I, I guess I, I don't know how they justify it. How, how can you put those two kids in and Albertson ahead of me? You know, so yeah. And another guy we know, talk about, but that's not my decision. Yeah, we talk about Steve Larmer a lot too, and kind of the same boat. Where you look at you look at his accomplishments, you look at his numbers, and you kind of shrug, saying, "How in the hell is Steve Larmer not in the Hall of Fame either?" And and you got to play with him a little bit too. That's right. Uh, well, Stevie wasn't in Chicago when I got there, right. but uh, right. I, I like Stevie, and Stevie's had a great career. Won his cup in uh, in New York, which was awesome. Really happy for him. We'll give you a chance here to to to, to plug the book. It's uh, from floodlights to bright lights. What was the uh, what was the idea, you know, behind writing the book, and how did that process go for you? It went really well, you know. Um, I was asked to do it. I think with with where I came from, that that's a the floodlights, um, and then you go to California. My hometown's of seventy five people, and uh, so when you go from seventy five people to ten million people, that's the um, you know that's the bright lights. So I just think the journey I took. Um, 
my career playing in different cities, the people I played with, the tragedy I had, um, I think it all came out uh, pretty well in the book. There's one more story in the book, Bernie, before we let you go that we're going to let you tell. Uh, you had a pretty significant day on the golf course. You want to <laughs> you want to let our, our listeners and viewers know about that? Well, we might have lost Bernie there. Um, the story is in the book, and we'll thank Bernie Nichols for joining us on the show. It looks like we got a bad connection. So thanks to Bernie for taking some time out, and thanks to uh, Bill from Triumph Books for setting it up. But there's a chapter in the book where Bernie played a teenaged Tiger Woods in golf <laughs> and beat him. Bernie Nichols beat Tiger Woods in golf, which is a that's a story you could tell for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You don't need to qualify it. You don't need to say, oh, well, he was a teenager and I was whatever. No. I beat Tiger Woods in golf, and I got the scorecard to prove it. Well, even Tiger Woods as a teenager was pretty impressive. So, yeah, yeah that, that yeah. is definitely something to put on the resume there. Yeah, uh, check out Bernie's book. It is cool. There's some great stories about those mid to late 90s Blackhawks teams that was just full of personalities. There's a story in there about Eddie Belfort taking a stick to the brand-new $5,000 projector the Blackhawks had just purchased after a game Belfort has put a stick through it. Um, a lot of great Daryl Sutter stories in there. And, and one that stood out to me <coughs> was uh, there was a, a year where Matthew Schneider and Wendell Clark were available at the trade deadline. And Bernie said in the press, like, hey, wait, the Hawks should try to go get one of those two guys because we feel we got a pretty good team here. Then Coach Craig Hartsburg calls out oh, Bernie in a meeting Craig and says, God, yeah, he says, in 20 years. hey, if we go get one of those guys, then, then, then Bob Probert or whoever is going to have to move down to the fourth line. And Bernie's like, okay, isn't the point <laughs> of playing hockey to win the Stanley Cup and to make the team as good as you can? Right. I think Bob would understand. I think anybody would understand that. I don't know. It just, it's just such an interesting perspective from you know, a guy who played in an era where the Hawks probably with a little bit of a nudge. Like that 09 team added Marion Hosa. Yeah. If that team had added somebody like Wendell Clark in his prime or Matthew Schneider in their prime, that might have been the difference between a Western Conference final loss and a Stanley Cup win. They were yeah. right there with the Avs right then. You know, they were just a, a player short and they couldn't get it, couldn't get past them. Yeah, the, those those Blackhawks teams of, you know, the late 80s, early 90s always seemed to run into just that one team that always was just a little bit better. Uh, you know, having to go through Gretzky and the Oilers in the, in the 80s was never easy. Uh, and then, you know, Kings teams with, with Gretzky. Having to go through Wayne Gretzky, uh, never an easy thing to do. No. It seems like those those Blackhawks teams always yeah. seem to run into if, them. If it wasn't Gretzky, it was, you know, Steve Eiserman in his prime. Right. It was those avalanche teams of the 90s that were ridiculous. Um, but Bernie Nichols, I mean, he played in the era, my favorite era of hockey, that late 80s to 2000, that was, you know, my formative years. That's when I loved the game, fell in love with the game. And Bernie Nichols, man, he was a great, great player. I remember when the Hawks got him, I was super excited because I was like, man, we don't, you know, not, not to the level of, of Marriott Hosa, but it was still like, yeah. hey, this is like, this is a legit goal scorer. But this is what we need. Adding him to a team that had Jeremy Roenick and, and, you know, uh, Joe Murphy, who he was he was very close with here. And, you know, you had some talent on that team. You thought maybe that was the guy to put him over. But it, it is, you know, not funny to hear that story, but a reminder of like, hey, there's one guy out there that we could get, and the Hawks never 
did that. They yeah. never made that big move. And, yeah. and it cost them. And uh, that was just another right. example Here, of it. Here's my Bernie Nichols story. So <laughs> I right. looked this game up because it was 1995. This is when uh, home games were not on television. Uh, I was at the University of Iowa, and I did not watch this game live. And I happened to catch SportsCenter because internet, there's really no, like, you don't, like, check box scores on the internet. You looked in the newspaper back in the right. 90s. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Mario, this is an old story <laughs> for you. Old man corner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so I saw on SportsCenter that the Blackhawks went to the Great Western Forum and beat the LA Kings 8-4. to four, And I was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. I'm going to stay up and watch the re-air on, what was it, Sports Channel back then? I don't know what it was. Cablevision? Who knows what it was. But I decided I'm going to stay up and watch because they would re-air the, the game at like 1 in the morning. And this was how much I cared about my um, academics back in the mid-90s. But, uh, yeah, Bernie Nichols had four goals in this game. Uh, three on the power play, it seems. Uh, and I was like, holy crap. And I, just, I stayed up till who knows what time, four in the morning, just to watch the Blackhawks beat the crap out of the Kings. It was wonderful. <laughs> Didn't happen very often, those no. LA Kings teams. But in his two seasons with the Hawks, uh, 107 games, uh, one was shortened by the uh, lockout, uh, 41 goals, 70 assists, 111 points. Yeah, still uh, point I mean, he was, he's, he was a hell of a player. And he missed a bunch of time in his second season because he lacerated his spleen. Yes, and finished the game, finished by the, the way. Game. Yeah. He's and Chicago then, tough, my friends. Yeah, that's uh, Easy. that's that's I've, as I've always said, hockey players ride a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah. So that was no Bernie Nichols played in in my favorite era of hockey, and man, just wish those those Hawks teams could have gotten one. They in were the right 90s, there. It's so frustrating. Right? Yeah, I mean those some of those guys, you know. It would have been great to see Chalios get a cup here in Chicago, Ronick, Larmer, th- those guys, you know, those teams were, were special. I, maybe it was just because I was so into it as a fan, you know, but I always thought those were like the, maybe some of the best teams that never won a championship in any uh, sport. No doubt. That's a, that's a great mm-hmm. July topic. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Best teams that never win the Stanley Cup. You know what else is great? And what else is Chicago tough? Green Ridge Farm. Mm. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company. Offering you a better all-natural option. They are the makers of all-natural deli meats, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. They're all-natural, hardwood smoked for eight hours. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar, and my favorite, the spicy chili. Go try these. They're easy to find. I get mine at Pete's, seen them at Costco, Sam's Club. Check your local grocer. They've also got the great, uh, you know, in the deli counter, all their all their lunch meats as well. Right now, order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. They're delicious because they're made from recipes, generations in the making, all natural, and they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. So remember... Any three meat products in your cart at GreenRidgeFarm.com. Include those meat sticks. Use the code CHGO, and the meat sticks will be free. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meats. You know what else is natural? Wanting to save money on tickets Mm -hmm. to whether it's sporting events, concerts, 
or shows, you need to check out our new good friends over at Game Time. They are the hottest ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to any event you want to go to. Have you ever dreamed on sitting in a specific seat and never thought you could? Right at center ice, right behind the Hawks bench. Well, now it's possible with Game Time. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on game time for the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal on Blackhawks tickets this season. Seriously, you're going to be able to get into some of these games for under 20 bucks. Edmonton, Chicago, 13 bucks. Connor McDavid and the Oilers for $13. That's a steal. It's a great deal right there. I mean, even the Marion Hosa game this past Sunday, when those tickets first popped up, they were like 120 and some tickets were going for under 80 bucks by the time Sunday rolled around. So, the, the the strategy with game time is wait it out. Pick a game you want to go to and wait till like the day of and grab your seat. You're gonna save more money than you ever thought on at any other secondary ticket site. And if you do find a ticket for a similar seat for a cheaper price somewhere else, let Game Time know. They will match it for you. And if you love CHGO, you'll love Game Time. And the best way to support us is when you're ready to buy tickets through Game Time. Use the link. That's in our podcast description. So if you're watching live on YouTube, scroll down, smash that giant thumbs up button on your way down. You'll see the link right there in the description of wherever you're listening to our audio versions. You'll find the link in the description. Click it and get the best deal in tickets anywhere. Our friends over at Game Time. Click it for your ticket. Click it for your ticket. I like that. Well done, Lawrence. Beautiful. I just see the billboard on 290 as I'm coming in all the time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Click it or ticket. Yeah, of course. It's an iconic Chicago ad campaign, my friends. Click it or take it. Hey, you know what else it's time to do? Level up your fandom. Become a CHGO diehard. 20% off all merch, discounts to our tailgates, our takeovers, all of our awesome events as they come down the pipe here. Uh, And look, if you are a first-timer, if you've not been a CHGO diehard, if you haven't signed up yet, you can jump in on our legendary 81 design and get that for free when you become a CHGO diehard. Better than that, every year upon renewal, you get a free T-shirt or hat. Remember, you get the permanent, all-time 20% discount on merch and a free one every year upon sign-up or renewal. renewal. Go to allchgo.com for info. chgolocker.com is where you can find the legendary 81 design as well as our other awesome chgo designs we've got designs for every team uh several teams with multiple designs uh so jump in there check it out it is a great thing and we'd love to have you as a chgo diehard it's not just the discounts which over time will basically pay for the membership with the free shirt and the 20 percent off things and the events and all that stuff uh, you also get a membership card access to our members only discord we're gonna have some uh, happy hour zoom meetings coming up lots of great yeah, things on the horizon. our first one is tonight uh, Adam Hogue and Corey Wooten. Nice. We'll be talking, uh, I presume, nice. about uh, nice. Bernie Nichols' time here in Chicago. And I'm from sure what I'm will. told, one CHGO diehard will have their career ended by Corey Wooten. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a virtual happy hour, so it may be a virtual hopefully, uh, ho- career ender. <clears throat> hopefully, Corey Wooten's wearing my CHGO uh, hoodie when he's on there tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jake gave, uh, Jake gave uh, Greg's hoodie to Corey Wooten. Your, your hoodie's coming in the mail yeah, at some well, point. You know. <laughs> Whatever. You're both equally as ripped. That's why. It's the only one that would fit him. You know, I'll, I'll allow it because he ended Brett Favre's career. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thanks. He's earned it. All right, let's get to the news of the day. And it is uh, significant <coughs> news. 
Seth Jones <laughs> is back for the Blackhawks. Uh, he said he's going to play uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Luke was a little more, I'll, I'll say, lukewarm. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. On the idea. Uh, but, hey, we have been lamenting the Blackhawks' power play units. <laughs> We've been lamenting the ice time that certain guys are getting. Seth Jones's return is huge for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a good sign to see him, you know, back healthy and and the power play has switched up since in his absence. Um they've gone to the five forwards unit for the the first power play unit. They were uh continuing that today in practice. The second unit though <clears throat> is where we saw uh you know Seth Jones slide back in and not at the quarterback position, quote unquote of that power play that was still Caleb but on the uh on, on the left wing of the of the 131 formation. So that's a little interesting for for Jones to be there. I'm sure he'll, you know, probably interchange uh once he's on there and and look, I mean if if he's if he thinks he can go, if he's medically cleared, I don't think there's any reason Richardson shouldn't put him in uh to play and and <coughs> he'll take some time to to get up to speed, but yeah, this team has definitely missed him. Yeah, you need him. Um, having these 10 games or so without him, I think you really got to appreciate what he brings to this team. Not just, you know, defensively. Yeah. Now everybody can go back and kind of in their slots and play their allotted minutes and, but just what he brings in all three facets of the game. Offensively, this team, not great at five on five, even worse when he's not out there, there's nobody helping them generate much offense. And that's why you saw Caleb Jones get more playing time because he's one of the few defensemen that can actually has that wrinkle to his game. You know, you're not getting Jake McCabe and Jack Johnson and Connor Murphy to consistently produce offensive chances from the blue line. Now you got Seth Jones. That's that's one of the biggest reasons he's making all that money is what he brings Mm -hmm. in the offensive zone, what he brings in getting the puck out of the defensive zone, getting it through the neutral zone. Those are all things they missed from him. And then the power play. It'll be interesting to see. You know, it seems that Luke is has fallen in love with this five forward power play unit. Um, probably because the first time he tried it, they scored. That was, yeah. you know, if you're not a fan of that, that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. <laughs> but and he makes a good point because he says, you know, hey, I, I put it when we start a power play, so they'll be out there for the first time, and then when it's time for you know, a guy to come out of the box, I'll have our second unit on, which we'll have two defensemen on it. So, <laughs> you know, listen, you got to try things. Just to, when, you, when you're a team that is struggling to score consistently, you, you, you got to think outside the box and try things. I'd be surprised if he sticks with that, but based on today, it looked like he is. Maybe Luke wasn't 100% certain that, that Seth was going to play tomorrow, but... You know, Dallas is his hometown. It's where he was born. Mm-hmm. He's going to play, and, and good for him. Um, you know, they, they need him out there just f- for the first first and foremost is just to get everybody slotted in their correct positions. Yeah. yeah. That's going to make life easier. Uh, I think he was out there with uh, Jack Johnson most of the day. Today. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> it'll be good to get him back. You know, as Mario just said, it might take him a couple games to kind of get the rust off and whatnot, but... You know, hopefully he can get things going and that that five-on-five play starts to pick up. Well, the five-on-five, you know, maybe it goes away when the Hawks are not trailing every game two to nothing. 
and yeah, need those power play goals to, you know what I mean? Like if they're protecting a lead, I'll bet he's less likely to do five forwards out on the power play. But why don't right. we hear from Luke uh, who talked about uh, Seth Jones's return after practice today. Seth said he's planning on playing tomorrow. Is, is that good on your end too? Or? Uh, well, well, we'll double check in the morning. I think he seemed fine out there today and, uh, you know, excited to get back. I'm sure he wants to cause he lives there, but, uh, or from there, but uh, you know, I think we, we just got to double check today. It was his first full practice with us, but he, he looked fine, and uh, I think he's got a new splint to get used to, and for, for kind of like a protection thing. And if he's good to go tomorrow morning, I'm sure he'll be in. The last, the last time, oh, sorry. <laughs> the last time we asked you about him, it seemed like it may be a longer timeline. Like you weren't expecting him to be back quite this quickly. Was it kind of a pleasant um, surprise? I guess it's you know he's a young guy, healthy. It just depends on how quick you heal. I know. Ottawa when I was there Daniel Alverson was like a miracle he always seemed to be healed faster than everybody else but uh, as long as the x-rays show that you know the break is clouded over then then it's going to be solid enough to play otherwise if it wasn't displaced that you, you can't really take that chance because if it displaces then it's pins and it's a while and then um, you know I mean so with a guy like that you want to make sure you do the right thing so as long as the doctor's cleared him and, and it's fine and there's a little bit of protection there that he can wear uh, under the glove too which will help so uh you know i mean uh, anything sooner i think i i always like to go uh worst case scenario and work backwards on the plus side than the other way around so um that that's a good plus if he can't play well how big of a boost is it obviously you guys have been trying to tread water without him for, for 10 games yeah no i think it's uh perfect you know i think we've done a good job in different areas you know unfortunately we'd like to have a little more success uh, in the win column but um, you know, I think we've uh, battled pretty hard and guys that have had an opportunity to play more have, uh, have grown as players. So I think that's just going to help us as a hockey team. And then when Seth comes back and, you know, we're not going to make sure we're not going to play him 27 minutes the first night, I hope. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think if we can get him back to, you know, mean where he, you know, his level uh, that he's uh, at as a number one D in this league, that that's just going to make sure that make everybody else better because they're back playing their roles, but they've had an opportunity to grow and get better at it. There you have it. Seth Jones. Uh, he is the, that's two Daniel Alfredson mentions on one podcast. Yeah. That's a record. Uh, it's a miracle. It's two more that's, than any other show. Yeah. No, that's we, great. We mentioned Daniel Alfredson with, with Osa. That's true. That's true. Yes, we did. He's been on our brain lately, but I just, I'm so relieved that he's back, and, and hopefully his absence, I'm sure it hasn't, because people just will not change their minds or change their opinions on anything ever, but hopefully him being out has opened the eyes to people about just how valuable he is to this team, uh, and specifically this team. Yeah. It's really him, and yeah, like Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy are NHLers on any NHL team, but they have zero offense to their game right you're right not, you're not putting them in any offensive situation yeah seth jones coming back is a big deal uh and you could so, sort of see you know when he, he met the media after and you were in the scrum mario so you probably could paint a better picture than i could but he just seemed like really more than even happy to be back but like relieved yeah you could see like i think we saw it early last year the pressure to live up to that contract which yeah. is impossible right just play your game but I, I do feel like he he feels this year like a leader of the team, and and him being out maybe he felt like he was letting people down a little bit. Yeah, I mean he he was asked you know time off, being able to you know kind of observe the team from of a different perspective, and he point blank was just like, yeah, it sucked not playing. Like he he wants to be he wants to be 
you know, part of the group, wants to be playing every night, um, wants to be the guy that plays 25-plus minutes a night and, and is in every situation. So um, likely won't be what he does in maybe his first game or two back in the lineup, but eventually, um, you know, once he gets used to the splint he'll have to play with for, for, for a while, um, you know, once he gets used to that, I think it'll be probably a little bit of easier transition back into the lineup. And um, Davidson even even said to, or uh, Richardson even said too, um, when talking about having Seth back in the lineup, he says, you know, first game back, he's not going to play 27 minutes or so. Hopefully not that they're not in that situation. So yeah, I mean, it'll it'll eventually help the lineup get back to where they want to be uh, or where each player needs to be. Um, and eventually Jones will be back in that 25 plus minute role. And look, I mean, Caleb became the scapegoat uh, in, in, in Seth's absence because he's, he's playing in all these situations that he usually wouldn't. And on most NHL teams, almost all NHL teams, he usually wouldn't. So for, for Seth to, to come back, I think that'll, <laughs> I think that'll help out his, his brother a little bit too not having to be, oh, you're our only offensive option, play all of our offensive situations. Yeah, and, and he was asked today, uh, Luke was, about Caleb and just sort of said, like, he's constantly trying to learn. He's asking questions about how to get better. Uh, Luke's noted a specific instance where Puck got past Caleb like for, at the point, and he was trying to defend a guy by taking the body, where Luke said, no, what you should do is slow him down, then use your speed to get back. And he says, through the hands. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means. I think what he's saying is take the shot away, right? Uh, but Caleb is a guy who's still learning. I think like his NHL experience is pretty limited. He's not a super young prospect, but I still think you'd he's closer to a prospect than a veteran. Whereas coming into this year, we still weren't really sure what kind of overall player he was. Like I, th- I still think there's some room for... Um, I don't know if he's going to get much better, but for that to be worked out, like where exactly is his place? But the fact that he's in Luke's ear trying to get better, trying to learn, you could tell he cares. You can yeah. tell he's out there giving a shit, which which does matter. Right. Um, he just, you know, it's it's a talent thing for him. Yeah, I, I, I think with I think with Caleb Jones, there's there's room for improvement. I just don't know how much more growth there might be to his game at this point. Yeah, I think it's when when I sorry to, if I wasn't clear. I, I think what I'm saying is the mental part of the game, knowing what to do when, that's the sort of thing that he can still learn. Yeah. It's like, okay, in this situation, I need to do this as opposed to what I used to do here. And that's why I think Luke is a really good coach for him because that's a guy who was a stay-at-home defenseman. who He's big but not hulking, yeah. right? Uh, had, to, you know, had to adjust and played against players much faster than him. I just I think that that's a good a good match that that Luke can really say, Hey, here's some tips you can use to improve your defensive game. Cause the speed is there. The offensive ability is there. What, what Seth struggles with sometimes is the defensive part of the game. And that can be improved with positioning and awareness and, and learning how to play situationally. And that can still be taught. Yeah. I don't think he was getting that from Jeremy Cowden. Nope. Yeah, not, not likely. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to see uh, if, if uh, Seth gets into the lineup, um, for tomorrow, if not, it'll. I would think if we're if they're already teasing, you know, I think I'm gonna play. Well, we'll, we'll see. If they're at that point, then at least by Friday he's gonna be back, ready to go. And um, yeah, I think it's it comes it comes at a good time for for this team because they've they've had trouble scoring, they've had trouble starting games, 
and and having to to play from behind so much. I think they they need a few games where they get out to an early lead or you know even if they give up the first goal they respond and tie it. They don't go down to nothing. Yeah. They need something like that. Playing a game tied or in the lead for the majority of the game would be a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like scoring first would be huge. I mean they've they've only done it four games. Yes. This year, four out of their 18, and I can't even tell you the last time they did it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, maybe the Buffalo game that they score first in that game. I don't remember. It's been so long. It doesn't yeah. happen that often. <laughs> so, yeah, getting the first goal would be huge for this team. Um, you know, especially tomorrow night. You're on the road. You're in Dallas. You know, it's the night before a holiday, you know, with lots of lots of things going on. Getting that first goal would go a huge way and, and getting things calmed down and focused and, and playing with a lead would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time they played with a lead? Like, I don't It's been like a while. Like, extended with a lead? Yeah, it's been a Probably while. the Florida game. It's been a while. Like, which was what, the third or fourth game of the year or something like, like that? Yeah. They're, just, they're constantly trying to come back and you play a different <coughs> excuse me you play a different brand of hockey when you're trying to when you're playing from behind you're exerting so much more effort so much more energy and Luke Richardson even said after after Sunday's game said it's exhausting yeah, yeah. it's exhausting to play from behind constantly and that's all this team has done for the last few weeks and he said it today you know you battle back you come back you tie a game against the penguins and then as soon as you're like, okay, we did it. We let up. Let's exhale. You exhale for a second, and Sidney Crosby puts yeah. the puck in the back of the net. That's that's the adjustment they have to make is when they get back to not get the, let the foot off the gas because Luke said today, look, is playing three-on-three three against the Penguins really advantageous hockey for us? No, but at least we get a point instead of no points and giving up a goal late in the game. So it's, it's all about that, you know, the – uh, what to do in the moment, the awareness of the game, the adjusting, you know, to what is happening around you. It's not always going to be the same. You know, you play different with a lead than you do when you're trailing by two. And the, the more, the better the Hawks can be in these situational situations, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the better <laughs> off they'll be because, you know, it, it's, it, it, it was, I'm really glad he said that because, yeah, you battle back and you're feeling great in the second they take the foot off the gas, Pittsburgh scores. Yeah. And, yeah, Sidney Crosby's done that to hundreds of guys throughout his career, right? It happens all the time, but you just can't. This team is not good enough to ever, ever, ever let up. And I'm glad you asked today, Mario. They're trying hard. They're working hard, but the results aren't there. Do you see frustration? And he said, yeah, but. Yeah. Right? Like, yes, I am seeing that frustration, but we felt good about how we played. So that is really something to monitor as year goes on. If the losses continue to pile up yeah. like this, how is this team going to respond? That's that that's that's gonna be tough. Yeah, I mean we've we've seen a number of of times this season where they've been able to respond. They've been able to actually come back from being down uh, two goals to tie the game or sometimes to take a lead. And and that's great. That's great to know, you know, in in that room to be like, okay, we have the ability to to come back and we're never necessarily out of of these kinds of games but you got to translate that to starting a game that way start a game with the effort like you are down a goal or down two goals because the starts of these games it, it's that's the problem 
is that they, they get out to deficits right away. And a question in, in the chat here from Jason says, any reason they seem to fall behind early, slow starts, not pl- playing, not to lose. I, I, I don't... Th- I, a lot of people sometimes point to, oh, slow starts, it's coaching, not having the team prepared. It's just like, I give that a little bit of credit, but not a lot because, look, the, the coaches, their job is to is to prepare the players strategically, matchups, and, and things like that. Once the puck drops, it's on the players. And I think, you know, I think this is another instance where you you want them to be able to be pedal pedal down right at the start. Sometimes, though, I, I just feel like most teams that they're going to play this year, even if they start right out of the gate, pedal down, that that talent is not equal to most other teams you're going to play when if they start pedal down. And I think that that's going to be, you know, that's kind of been a theme the, in the last couple of games where it's just like, you know what, the talent level is just not there for them to sustain the way that they're playing. So I think sometimes these these starts being down one nothing, 2 nothing, 3-1 in a first period, things like that, sometimes it's just, you know what, they just don't have the talent. Yeah. And, and it could be at the point where it's in their head at this point too. Yeah. Where there's so much focus on you got to start fast. You can't you can't give up the first goal of the game. How many times have you been in a situation where like I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and oh you end up doing it. Like right. it's, it's in your head. Like you you're trying so cautious to play, <clears throat> not give up that first goal, and then you know in the last game, 64 seconds in, boom, goals yeah. in, and yeah. and they're a team that like they make that mistake. It it's usually going to cost them. Yeah. They don't have that that elite talent to where if a guy misplays something, they got a guy that can get back or they've got, you know, the all world goalie that can make the big save. They just, they're a team that when they make the mistakes, it usually ends up in the back of their net. And there was nothing in that Pittsburgh game. Counterpoint to all this real quick is that uh, if you happen to dabble on the DraftKings and please use code CHGO when you sign up, but uh, the first period, uh, you know, minus a half goal for the opponent's, that pays off quite well, a bit. Just saying. Sure. Now, also, you then double down after that and, you know, Hawks to score the next goal, but that's just live betting. That's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all. But, like, yeah. in the Pittsburgh game, there was nothing in that start that indicated the Hawks weren't ready to go. It was pretty even. There is no, like, now and again, we'll get that feeling, like, here it comes. Yeah. Right. Like, the inevitable goal is on the way. It didn't feel that way. No, it was and a bad no. play. It was a yeah. rare bad play by Jake McCabe. And then they that was one of their best first periods they've played all season. Yeah, right. They, one of the best they, games they played all season, they realistically. They had 16 shots on goal in the first period. There were some nights where we didn't think they were going to get 16 shots on goal for 60 minutes. Right. Yes, I remember sending several tweets throughout the year where it says, this game is 10 minutes old and the Hawks have two shots. Yeah. This yeah. game is 40 minutes old and the Hawks have eight shots. Yeah. That's happened a lot this year. Mm-hmm. It was one of their best first periods. It just, again, a mistake early cost them. And then they took two shifts off in in the second period and they gave up two goals within a minute or two apart. And all of a sudden it's like, now we're down three, nothing. And they were able to come back, but you can't keep relying on being able to come back. At some point you got to play with a lead. Um, and, and I think that would go a long way for this team psyche is to get a game where you not only go score the first goal, but then score another one. And you're the team with the two, nothing lead yeah. and then play a little more relaxed where not every shift is so, you know, crucial that we have to score here. Right. 
Uh, before uh, Greg tells you about Shady Rays, Philip in the chat says, when is Tyler Johnson going to return, though? Good question. We were all sort of expecting him to play last weekend. He did not. He was out there before practice today uh, skating with Staylock and, and Seth Jones, and uh, but then did not practice. And Luke said, not really a setback, but he had a little bit of soreness, so we're just being extra careful. We don't want someone to roll him up or whatever. So he said he'll probably miss, quote, a few more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like a setback to me. Without I mean, saying it's a setback. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think maybe Luke was defining setback as re-injure. Right. right. And I don't think it's there, but I think that maybe the recovery has not been as, as yeah. good as they expected he, or hoped it would be. He had said Sunday uh, ahead of the game when he met the media that he had t- taken some contact in practice and it was a little sore and they just wanted to be cautious and... You know, maybe he was was he ahead of his uh, pace? I don't remember what his original to return. timeline. He was yeah, I, I I don't remember what the what the exact timeline was, so. but I think you know, it seemed like today the decision was just like you know what, it's better not to try and play through something because you know he I having gone through the injuries uh, that he did last season. Uh, with Tyler Johnson, I feel like he's probably knowing his body a little bit more and knowing, like, if I push it to come back, it's going to get worse. Yeah. No need. So, yeah, there's, there, there's no need. He, I mean, he is a player that, that you know, this lineup does miss a little bit. Um, but, yeah, there's there's really no need for him to risk any other, you know, re-injury, making things worse, anything like that, um, especially after everything he's gone through for, for his in- injuries history. No need to risk injury, but what you do need to do is get yourself some shady rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it, and that's exactly what they've done. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles created for everyone and every lifestyle the best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Did you drop them in a lake? Those lakes are getting a little frozen now, so they might not. that might not be a problem much longer. Off one of the many cliffs found in Chicago, doesn't matter. They will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality. I could tell you for being a customer of theirs for a couple of years now, they are just as good, if not better, than any of those expensive brands on the market. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger across America with every order place and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Awesome. So not only do you look cool, but you're doing something cool for others. They stand behind their product, and they told our team that if anyone has a problem, they'll throw profit right out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay the ship them back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. You'll use promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will get 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. Bogo. The more you buy, the more you save. You can get two awesome pairs of Shady Rays for as low as 54 bucks. Check them out at ShadyRays.com. And we are presented by Chi-Town Cornhole, <laughs> makers of the best 
cornhole sets in the Chicagoland and Illinois areas since 2007. They have the signature box-style design that uh, is able to be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted uh, all to your heart's desire. With all the customization that you can do with these uh, Chi-Town cornhole sets, the uh, limits of your imagination are endless. Uh, other cornhole boards come with, uh, their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in the back. They have the LED lights that light up the hole so you can uh, do your cornhole in at night. <laughs> and the uh, exterior handles for easy carrying because they are handcrafted uh, cornhole sets. They are made with durable, sturdy wood, so they are a little bit heavier. So those handles, uh, they come in, in, in handy, as they say. Uh, and they have the scorekeepers on the back, the Abacus scorekeepers, which is uh, tremendous for those that don't want to keep scoring your head. Keep it right there on the board. And ancient uh, Egyptians as well. Yes, of course. Uh, and they ship hours. anywhere. They offer local pickups. <laughs> they specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event. They make great wedding gifts. Gifts for all occasions. It is the holiday season. If you have a, uh, a fan of cornholes, uh, the cornhole game uh, in your family or on your uh, holiday list, they make a great holiday uh, gift, uh, especially for those who enjoy tailgating and backyard barbecues. Um, I know we don't have the graphic, but we have uh, another CHGO tailgate coming up oh, uh, in I the next couple somewhere. of yeah, sorry, next couple Just of weeks. Pretend. But uh, yeah, pret- imagine. The tailgate, Imagine it is there. Navy blue football helmet with beer cans hanging out the top of it. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, the cor- the Chi Town Cornhole sets will be out there uh, for us at the next CHGO tailgate. Uh, so go check them out uh, on their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, and make sure you're following them on Instagram at Chi Town Custom Cornhole Boards uh, for all your cornhole needs. All right, and hockey fans, light the lamp this winter uh, winter, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League, a.k.a. the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 back in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and whatnot for your chance and an even bigger payout. Fellas, I'm looking at tomorrow's uh, Blackhawks-Stars game. Nothing too enticing here. Over-under is six. Uh, I'll play the over on that one. Go over. Minus 110. Hawks are plus 255 on the money line. Mm, no. Yeah. They're not going to win, is probably. playing really, really well. Dallas is good. You can check out the preview in today's Blackhawk beat on allchgo.com. Yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 back in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, yesterday was Mailbag Monday, but then Chris Vosters joined us, and he was chatty, which we love. Love Chris Vosters. Uh, so <laughs> we, there were a couple up. questions we didn't get to answer, so we're going to do Mailbag Tuesday. Ah, also nice. trademarked. No one can use that ever again. Yeah, that was so, an easier trademark to get. Yeah, let's get these. Th- let's get through these quick because people took the time to get them to us. So let's answer them. Uh, McBacon, if the Hawks draft top ten but don't hit the top three, who are some guys to watch that they could draft? That's a great question. Uh, I'll throw a name out there. Uh, he is a 
U.S. development program uh, stud right now. Uh, likes to get jiggy with it. It is oh. uh, Will Smith. I've seen a lot of highlights of him lately. Yes, he yes. is. He is tearing it up with the. Has a uh, great slap shot. I hear. Yes, Hey-o. he does. Uh, stuff. Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's the last time we give you Vietnamese coffee. <laughs> hey Um Yeah, he's uh, last I checked about a two point per game player right now with the the U.S. team. Um, he is <laughs> really talented uh, forward. Um, there, there's a number of, of players outside of Fantilli, Mitchkov, and Bedard that if the Blackhawks are in the top 10 but not the top three, any team that's in the top 10 uh, but not the top three, you're very likely to walk away with a, with a prospect that you're not going to be sad about. So Can I just do one based on name alone? Yes. Braden Yeager. Yep. That's a hockey name. That's a WHL name. Braden sure. Yeager and Ryder Ralston will be line mates for a long time uh, based on hockey name alone. Yeah. Leo Carlson's another guy. Yeah. Keep your name out mm-hmm. uh, from Sweden. He's He's been really good. He he could definitely improve the Blackhawks prospects pool if you have to draft him. If you right. have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next comes from Reese Johnson fan mm. uh, for the mailbag Tuesday. After Taves is either retired or traded, Who's the most deserving candidates to take the captaincy other than the obvious answer, Reese Johnson? <laughs> Would you give it to Kane if he stays, Murphy, Jones? Uh, I have been thinking about this for a while. I think they have a vacant captaincy for a while. Sure. I don't think you're going to just quickly give it to Kane well, if he stays. I don't think so. I think you're going to do the like 4A system I think I think if Kane is still around, it'll it'll go to him. But I, I just not convinced yet that he'll stick around if Taze isn't around. Yeah. Um, I think if they're both gone, then I, th- I a hundred percent agree they'll just have a bunch of alternates until someone's, until yeah. Connor Bedard's here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess it all depends on who's still here. Um, you know, if Kane and Taze are both traded by the deadline, do you even bother? You know, right? Like as far I as I think like, at that point you're just alternates. Yeah, everybody gets an A. Um, <laughs> as far as like next year goes, if neither of them are here, you probably give it to Seth Jones, maybe Connor Murphy, maybe Connor Murphy, if he's still here. Yeah, Toronto's losing defensemen like yeah, right. Like nobody's business. He might be a Maple Leaf here in the next few <laughs> days. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. Who knows? Um, and we were talking this time last year that hey, Alex DeBrincat is going to be the next captain of this team. So. Maybe we shouldn't name. Maybe we shouldn't guess yeah. anybody because we we're gonna just jinx it. I could see it eventually being Seth Jones if Kane and Taves leave. I think they're gonna give it a year with Taves, I think without Taves here, I think they'll just have it vacant for at least a year, just kind of out of respect for him. And I don't know. I yeah. just, maybe not. Who knows? I just you know maybe you think you'll move some Seth Jones captaincy jerseys at uh, the Madhouse store, but they got to start selling them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I, I have I, not I wa- seen. I walk through this. I walk through the store every time I'm covering a, a game at the UC, and I very rarely see Seth Jones jerseys hanging up. Like it's all 19s and 88s. Really? So yeah, I mean, I, right in that if I was if I was in the market end. for a Hawks jersey, Seth Jones would be the one I would buy. Yeah, because he's the only one that's going to be here. For yeah, a while. Like, yeah, likely to be around for purchase. a while. I just wonder. I just wonder if if he would want that, you know? Because he doesn't seem like the most like vocal like wants to be in front of you know cameras and microphones all the time yeah. but I, that's i mean look that's that is a factor too is it doesn't just automatically go to your best player and it shouldn't 
Um, all right, Reese Johnson, he gets it. Yeah, why not? I, I, Derek King was right. It's very realistic that the next captain of his team might not be on the team yet. Yeah, it's, that's 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 definitely know, possible. Seth Jones or somebody else. Yeah, and we don't. Yet. We didn't get a good feel for uh, Korchinski's personality <coughs> at camp. We asked a couple times to talk to him, and it for whatever reason it didn't work mm-hmm. out. Um, but who knows? Maybe he's, that's a guy who's an option down the road. We'll see. He's wearing a letter for Seattle, so that's I mean that's that's yeah. something. I know Ethan Del Mastro is the captain of his, the Mississauga Steelheads. Nolan Allen was the captain of his junior team uh, in Prince Albert before getting traded to Seattle. And someone else was a captain. I can't remember. Is Fantilli a captain? He's not. No. 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 Not yet. All uh, right, let's do one more before we wrap r- up. Real quick, Windy yep. City says he saw more Ian Mitchell jerseys than Seth Jones at the Madhouse store on Sunday. Maybe they're sold out. That's I possible. don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. All right, uh, let's get one more in here from Tom. He says, what are your thoughts about Seabrook joining the organization as the next year or so as a coach? I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I just, I I don't, being a great player for a franchise does not automatically qualify you to be a coach. I want the Hawks to bring in the people they deem to be the best coaches for the team, mm-hmm. whether or not they have ties to the organization. I I think that that is a slippery slope of like, we have to give this guy a figurehead job because he was great for us. If Brent Seabrook's a great coach, sweet. Bring him in. I just don't know if that's the case yet. Yeah. He's been doing some development uh, coaching and some s- different little specialty coaching positions w- in the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. Um, so I think he's kind of dipping his toe into the waters there a little bit. But there's really no indication that that's something he wants to do as a full time, like I want to be an NHL head coach or anything like that. Um, if it makes sense for, for him and it makes sense for the role that he wants that, or that he could play in a coaching or development position with the Blackhawks, if it makes sense for both sides, I have no problem with it, but I, I agree. Like, I don't think you have to say like, Oh, Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taze are the next coaching staff for the Blackhawks yeah. just because of their stature. If they want to be coaches, let them go up the ranks just like anybody else would. Let right. them start in the Chris Kunitz slot, you know, development coach. Development let coach, them let them maybe be coach, an assistant in you know? Rockford. You yeah. Know? Let them work their way up. I don't think you should just say, Well, you were really good players. That must make you a really good coach. Here yeah, this we're not the Indianapolis Colts. And don't forget he's <laughs> under contract with Tampa for this year and next. Yeah, so, te- <laughs> so <laughs> technically we can't even hire him if we want to. Yeah, still that's true. Tampa's problem. Uh, All as right. you can see, the uh, the trademark did come through there at, during ah, the perfect. Oh, thank we, you. It thank is you so much. Appreciate that. Our legal department uh, hard yeah. at work. And yeah. also, one last Speedy. note uh, there's the graphic. There, there it is. Chicago versus Wisconsin area team. Yeah. The official CHGO tailgate that is Sunday, December fourth, starting at eight thirty. Sorry about that. in the morning. DraftKings more important than the start time. Unfortunately, sponsored by <laughs> Greenridge Farm and Liquid Death and the beers that are in that blue helmet. Let me, uh, let me uh, get my uh, bifocals on. I believe Ooh. that is Goose Island. Huh? Huh? Goose. Ooh, that's gonna be that is a trio that gets me to tailgates. Yes, <laughs> the Greenridge Farm meets. The liquid death water and the and the Goose Island uh, beers that is a trifecta for the ages. Get your tickets at allchgo.com. Come join us yeah. at our Chicago Wisconsin tailgate, mm-hmm. and don't forget chgolocker.com. Get that legendary eighty one design. Remember, 
It's a limited run. Once they're gone, they're gone. So jump on this offer. CHGO diehard save 20% automatically. If you're looking to sign up to become a CHGO diehard, good timing Mm -hmm. because you can get that legendary 81 design for free upon sign up. And then remember, every year upon renewal, a new free CHGO t-shirt or hat. So jump on that diehard membership. Join the community here at CHGO. We'd love to have you. And look, you become a you become a diehard. You save on the Chicago Wisconsin tailgate. You know, you got your free T-shirts. You're good to go. It pays for itself. Jump on it. Allchgo.com. All right. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show today. We threw him several curveballs. Hey, and he handled them I'm very a very well. Better curveball hitter than Javi Baez. There you go. Oh, mm-hmm. That's not it's difficult. Up to next, low, low bar. Cubs uh, uh, coming up at three thirty. Oh, there we go. CHGO right. Cubs at three thirty. I joined them. But thanks for talking to us. We'll talk to you tomorrow night post game on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.